0: welcome to the winged wheel podcast here to talk all things hockey are your hosts brad crisco ryan Hanna, and evan lobsinger
1: it's funny brad that only after uh sundays or on sunday episodes that you're intent on opening on midweek episodes for some reason you're not inspired why is that brad
2: uh
1: (laughs) yeah yeah Uh uh, is right (laughs) i don't know
2: i'm Speechless because the Red Wings are at 500 after two games, like more than two games into the season.
1: (laughs) Great excuse. But if Evan and I were to ask Crystal Crisco, speechless is the last word she would ever use to describe you. That is very fair. I've never been more. uh, Nothing has ever been more confirmed in my life than when uh, we went to your wedding and we heard your dad speak (laughs) and we went, oh, yeah, now we get it. (laughs) It's hereditary. It's not Brad's fault. And that's not a knock at Mr. Crisco. He's like, he's a compelling speaker. And I'm a little angry at him that he didn't pass down the compelling part. He just passed down <laughs> the speaking part. <laughs> oh. Hey,
2: hey, it's going to be three generations now when uh, ever Mika gets married. It's going to be the same thing. She's going to have friends thinking the same thing. But if my dad's there and I'm there, oh, yeah, they're going to get real confirmation because she's only four and she talks more than both of us combined at this point
1: um i think i have to come stop by and make a distance visit to you guys soon because not only do i have uh, a couple odds and ends to give you including hank's onesie um but uh none other than our very own name level sponsor Arjun shanker sent us all some gifts including something for mika Ooh. yeah loves gifts yeah the More way than he de- her own parents the way he described what was in the box was uh, i got something for you brad and mika and then i thought well i can't leave out evan so he added something in for evan as well <laughs>
0: are they golf clubs that's the uh, thing i want in, <laughs> besides a house golf clubs are the only thing i want in life right now
1: <laughs> Bra- evan tell me how you could possibly still need golf clubs with the amount that you golf how do you not have everything you need to golf
0: i do but it's time to improve my uh, my irons
1: there's, there's no, did you not just buy irons? No, you bought a putter. You uh, lost me Bought was a putter. Oh, well, I bought that
0: butter two years ago,
1: almost. Our club's not good for two years. That's my a- irons I've had
0: for six, so they could definitely use an upgrade. Oh my God. It's time. I mean, unfortunately
2: I- that's the most expensive part of the bag. So I'm screwed. Yeah, I-, I can relate. I mean, if you're a gear nerd, you're a gear nerd. I, I bought a top of the line hockey stick in November and you want to know what I bought today? Another top-of-the-line hockey stick. (laughs) I
1: I regret giving you your stick back that I borrowed from you. I should have just kept it. (laughs) Honestly, I haven't touched it since. (laughs) Okay. Uh, That stick, it's the flylight, right? Yep. Sweet stick, you're right. All black with white tape is hot. Yep. But I still don't think I could get over, I could use white tape on that blade. Because think of an all-black blade and shaft with black tape on the blade. That puck is hidden. So, so if you go,
2: if you fully commit to it and you put black tape on the blade of that specific stick or any stick that's completely blacked out, because I think you can black out just about all of Bauer's custom sticks and you put black grip tape on the top, I'm here for it because you are the knight. You can call yourself the Batman. If you're putting white on the blade, you have to put white on the top. Just. The aesthetic of that particular stick only goes two ways. And then obviously if you have a team color and you want to put the team color on the top, fine. But yeah, like, I mean, it's going to be sick and I'm excited. And I was telling Evan, there's no perfect time. Cause the only thing, only reason I've never ordered a custom stick before is generally when I break a stick, I need it relative, a new one relatively quick. So I don't have the four to six weeks to wait on a custom. Well, I'm not playing hockey anywhere for the next month. I'm not leaving this house basically for the next month. So I'm like, perfect time to wait on a stick
1: brad crisco who owns four t-shirts is fashion over function when it comes to gear <laughs>
2: <laughs> no oh
1: oh no function is very very good with this stick. <laughs> i would hope so um okay the red wings welcome to the winged wheel podcast i am bobby ryan hannah i'm brad crisco too electric
2: boogaloo
0: and i'm evan
1: i don't get yours brad why are you brad crisco too I didn't have anything better to come up with today. A second Brad Crisco is horrifying. Thank you for that. Um... (laughs) on this episode of the podcast we are going to be discussing um two red wings games this condensed season is kind of nice because there's always some meat to it uh for the game reviews so the red wings played twice uh against columbus uh so we'll be talking about those games um the ins and outs of what happened lineups i'm sure brad will have something to shriek about um evan has written out a three thousand word essay that he's going to read out for you guys um it's about his irons (laughs) it is uh Don't worry, I'll edit it out, and uh, we'll get into some other news before jumping into overtime. Okay. I know know we don't have the
2: patience for this, but if we actually ran a bit there where we got Evan to start talking about his irons and then had three seconds of silence, and then we just picked up on a seemingly entirely different conversation, that would have been gold. That would have been, if
1: we were a much funnier people, that would have been good. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been good radio. (laughs) um all right let's talk about the game on monday the 18th against columbus it was the first of their uh little two game series it's kind of like baseball little mini series um it was a 3-2 regulation loss against columbus and it it saw in my mind uh the return of one of the hallmarks of red wings hockey like this is on the banner for modern red wings hockey this is what detroit does better than anyone else in the league which is third period collapses (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> like it's hard to call it a collapse when it's a one goal lead. Like I understand that. And I know people give me shit for that online when I, I make those jokes, but It's so predictable, you can set your watch to it. So when it happens every time, I think it's fair to call them collapses at this point because they cumulatively, they add up to a collapse. If it only happened every now and then, fine. I'm sure we'd barely point it out. But the fact that every one goal lead they have in the third period evaporates, it it adds up to a collapse.
1: (laughs) And you know what? It wasn't even a bad game up until that point. Um, It was tied going into the third period and then Columbus scored twice in the span of a minute and a half to go up 3-1. It it was unfortunate because Grice wasn't playing in my mind up until that point another solid game. Like no saves that are making highlight of the night, but he was doing what he needed to do. And it just worked out where um, was either of those a power play goal? I can't remember. Yeah. Anyways, for Columbus, no, they were both off the rush. Yeah, it just wasn't the The team kind of imploded on that little bit, but uh, they did rebound in my mind for the last five minutes. The last five minutes was probably the best up to that point hockey that I saw the top line player Detroit's best players play, um, say for Zadina, who didn't see much ice time uh, at the end of that game. But yeah, overall, it just the whole game was kind of defined by 10 minutes. Going into the third period, which was a a little bit unfortunate. Um, Positive storyline, though, that was that game had Bobby Ryan's second and third goal of the season, which both came in his second game. So um, the tale of Bobby Ryan is a storied one and it has not slowed down in Detroit at all.
2: No, he's going to win the Rocket Rashard.
1: And the Art Ross and the Hart. And honestly, let's just nominate him for the Vesna and the Norris now. And he should probably get Jack Adams votes, too.
2: Yeah, he missed most of last year. We can re-nominate him for the Calder this year, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, Masterton for the next year is uh, a lock. Yeah, 100%. He can,
1: you can win back-to-back Mastertons. Who says you can't? What's the um, combined goalies, the Jennings? Yep. Bobby Ryan and Ryan Bobby should win that one. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Ryan. But... Uh, Bob- no. Robert brian Robert brian no it, it, bobby ryan was another player who had a good game um philip zadina again in that game i thought looked really good um it wasn't that game where he had the deke where he passed it in front
2: was it was it might it have been
1: it? honestly that's the problem with the back-to-backs against the same
2: team like <laughs> i i visually remember the play and i have no way of differentiating it from what game it was
1: yeah uh so your reads overall on on that game specifically the three two loss
2: well up to that point in the season and maybe even arguably that, that was their best game of the season other than that 5 to 10 minute window they outplayed Columbus for the most part they outshot them they i wouldn't say they were dangerous you can still see blashill's employing a very low event style of hockey but they're at least playing that low event style pretty well um In the sense that, yeah, they're not generating a ton of offense, but they're also not getting caved in their own zone like they did oh so often last year. Uh, Pretty consistent efforts across the board from top to bottom on the roster, which is very unfamiliar. The team still has its sore spots, and some players obviously stand out more than others, but the Red Wings can pretty comfortably throw out three lines and two and a half deep pairs right now and and feel comfortable with them on the ice. Again, not that they're going to light the world on fire, um, again, the, we're going by the Red Wings standard versus the league standard, which is going to be a theme for this year, at least until the Red Wings, you know, do start creeping up on league standard. Um, so yeah, it just, it happens. That's the, that's why the NHL is the NHL. If you break down for 10 minutes, it could blow the whole game for you. And it did. And whatever, that's fine. We're not expecting the Red Wings to go on a cup run, a playoff run, even seem like making the playoff seems like, overly optimistic even though it's been a weird season so far so who the hell knows what could actually happen but this is the season like honestly it's it's a horrible to speak say this in hockey terms but this is a season where moral victories count and and yeah monday was a good moral victory they lost the game but they outplayed a good team they did a lot of things that they didn't do in the first two games and uh, a couple players who looked really poor in the first two games started to turn the corner and you could see noticeable improvement and some guys starting to shake the rust off and alleviate some fears that were that were growing in some people so again not the outcome they wanted but yeah it was absolutely a moral victory game
1: two most notable plays in my mind um first was the um the penalty shot seth jones's penalty shot where thomas grice just stole the puck he just took the puck off a stick.
2: Just <laughs> this is mine now.
1: Yeah, I think Seth Jones might be the first player to have a uh, registered turnover uh, on a penalty shot. Um, that was great by Grace. I thought that was so funny. And you know what? I I don't know much about playing goalie, but that can't have been easy to do. So what? Well, I don't know much about playing goalie, but I do
2: know a lot about playing forward. <laughs> One of the things. Uh, that I actually don't suck at, generally tends to be breakaways. And I can tell you that Seth Jones' attempt was pathetic. So as as good of a play as it was by Grace, Jones didn't make it overly difficult. If you're going to try a move to the backhand, you either have to throw a hell of a fake or be moving at least half decently fast. And Seth Jones did neither of those things.
1: Okay. Speaking of expertise, as someone who played defense... That looks like a lot of my offensive breaks, so <laughs> this tracks. Um, and then how could we forget the most important play of the game? Actually, you know what? Another one, the Philip Zadina uh, body man off the puck, steal it, make a quick deke t- tight into his body below the red line, which is incredible. And then the nice, deft little touch pass through Michael Rasmussen for a high danger chance in front. I'm sorry. For, Brad, for anyone who disagreed with you the first time he did that, okay, you. I don't think they had ground to stand on that time but he did it again and it was even more impressive this time i think um, philip zadina has absolutely improved in the offseason um, whether that was from his time playing overseas or that, that whether that was just from off season training he is using his skill set in brand new ways and he's effective in so many new ways on the ice and that's normal for players who progress well what we're seeing it's four games i think zadina has been consistently good in all of them and and that was really 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 good to see.
2: And it's easy to say yeah, well he only has 2 points in 4 games as a guy and 0 goals. And yeah, he's for all intents and pu- purposes a rookie this year cuz he he barely broke the rookie threshold last year. So even though he's not called eligible this year, this is going to be his first quote unquote full season. Um when you start doing the sm- the small things right, the big things follow. So if he's mastering playing down low, stealing pucks, setting up chances, and he's not overly focused on his shot and generating offense, that's what's going to come next at the NHL level. Um, I know it sounds like a hockey platitude that old hockey men spew out all the time that sounds like it means nothing. Oh, yeah, he's he's got to master the little parts of the game. It's true. Some guys are like, you get like the... You know, Henrik Zetterberg, Elias Pettersson, Sidney Crosby's who come into the world and they can do it day one. Y- yeah, fair. Philip Zedina has never been expected to be one of those guys, so he's not going to have that come in day one, score 70 points in a season. So... This is perfectly fair. And that being said, if this were an 82-game season and Phillips Adina scored at his current pace the entire season, I think we'd all be pretty content with 41 points. Yeah, that would be the, pretty happy. He's on pace over an 82-game season for 41 points right now. I don't think that's a problem. And they put him on Larkin's line last game and he almost got one. And there, he helped generate a couple other chances. So, yeah, he's... I have nothing to complain about with Zadina. If I had to nitpick... The few power play opportunities he's had, I wish he would have been a little more aggressive with his shot.
1: That's yeah. my big.
2: That's my biggest criticism of him.
1: I agree. Um, and then in my mind, the most notable play of the game. So Bobby Ryan's second goal was funny because it was initially ruled out, for, ruled off for goal interference. Is a it was a jumble play at near the end of the game where the puck went into corpus Solo's pads i believe bobby ryan actually slashed corpus trying to get the puck and then he was shoved into corpus and the puck came loose and it went in the net and then there was a brawl in which uh, tyler bertuzzi fought everyone which is what tyler bertuzzi does extremely well and i love how i now have like 11 different clips of tyler bertuzzi having a player in each hand trying to punch (laughs) them both and often succeeding um bobby ryan fought uh, oliver bjorkstrand Bjork Strand? Bjork Strand. Bjork Strand, okay. Um, which I loved at the time. And then I found out later that he has Mantha syndrome, where his wrists and hands break a lot. So, <laughs> Bobby, we love you. You're a shooter, apparently. So, uh, the fight was awesome. Just don't feel like you have to do too much of that. Just look to the uh, enforcers on the team, like, you know, Anthony Mantha, <laughs> Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, and then Dylan Larkin fought. Oh, the uh, Matt Stafford, Clayton Kershaw uh, analog in hockey is Dylan Larkin, Zach Wierenski. Zach Wierenski. Uh, roommates at Michigan, when they played hockey there, they played Little Caesars together. They're often referred to as really close friends or best friends, and they were swinging. Seeing those guys drop the glove was, it was a very Mickey Redmond, ho
2: <laughs> moment in a normal hockey game in a normal year. That fight would still be absolutely hilarious. The fact that it's a COVID world and the public's not allowed to go to games and family from visiting teams isn't allowed to go to games, but the player from the home team is allowed to like bring one or two members of their family or or someone. They basically get like two tickets or something like that. The fact he gave away his own tickets to Zach Warensky to let Zach's parents <laughs> come to that game. And then fight him is the greatest hockey storyline I have seen from the Red Wings since their last Stanley Cup.
1: I, it just fulfilled so many like old hockey adages where people are like, oh yeah, your best buds. When you get on the ice, your, your blood enemies. And usually you see, you see players like that. They're, they're laughing with each other and they don't typically like throw hands. Um, it's funny, I, th- I can't remember whether it was Larkin or Warensky but he was like, yeah, we were laughing while we were doing it. We didn't hold back, but we were smiling and laughing while we were fighting. <laughs> so I, loved it. I love this. This is the greatest game on earth, and you can't convince me otherwise.
2: No, hockey is a ridiculous, silly sport. We should treat it as such, and we should enjoy it when dumb moments like this happen. Um, but on a serious note from that brawl, uh, my first reaction when I saw everybody fighting was good. Like, this is something we didn't see from the Red Wings. It was literally the last game of the season last year where we've seen Robbie Fabry run Peter Mrazic and then just throw his gloves down, fed up, ready to take on the entire Carolina Hurricanes team. There was none of that. Very, I should say, very infrequently before that. The refs, I'll get on another tangent later, but the cross-checking epidemic in hockey is absolutely stupid, and I can't believe that league hasn't done anything about it, but Alexander Texier specifically, but a lot of the Blue Jackets were just feeding it to the Red Wings all game. And I think it might have been actually Bobby Ryan where there was just a brutal one with about two minutes left in the game and it wasn't called. So the next time it happened was when Ryan got fed into the goalie and the Red Wings just said, F this, everybody in, just grab somebody. It's a mentality you love to see, especially early in the season, given the circumstances of this season and like I know Bertuzzi was trying to fight everybody but if you look closely he was going for Texier like he knew who was doing it for the last five minutes and who needed to be filled in and he went looking for him um so again it's it's not you don't want Bertuzzi and Mantha and Larkin and Ryan fighting but goddamn, is it a good sign to see them willing to do it this early in a season, especially where there's no fans to amp it up during the game?
1: Yeah, and like this season is so like unnecessarily emotional, too. It's like Larkin's first scoring chance is captain. Larkin's first goal is captain. It bounced off someone's skate like Larkin's first fight is captain. It, it, it is a lot of fun, and it's so hysterical that brad just named detroit's four best players larkin bertuzzi mantha and bobby (laughs) not actually detroit's four best players right now but still um not far off really make the case yeah they were going at it like uh someone was slowing down in front of evan while he was trying to fit in 18 before having to go to work or something you golf before work is that a thing i don't know
0: yeah you'd have to get up at like six in the morning and that's that's not happening at
1: all um. Yes. Yeah, so, so the big takeaway from that game is if you thought the Larkin warenski um, you know, storylines and commentators bring it up constantly, we're going to die down. This just gave it ten new years of life. <laughs>
2: <So> <laughs> this clip. Luck. This clip is being shown every Red Wings Columbus game until either of them
1: retires. And good news, there's only six more of them this season. So, <laughs> the one positive side effect of this season. <laughs> Uh, and then the next game, uh, the very next day in the evening. Oh, it should be said. I know we made a, a, we huffed and puffed a lot, um, about the, uh, matinee game, the noon game. Yes. We failed to recognize that it was MLK day in the United States. Um, but for me, it was literally just the noon start, even on holidays. I always remember them starting at like, I don't know, two thirty or three 30. Am I wrong?
2: I honestly don't remember. I mean, I literally walked around my work with the game playing on my phone so I could just move it to wherever I was working at that yeah. particular moment. So it was the most annoying game to ever track. And I, I tried to still engage with everybody on Twitter, but like literally I had to like make the screen small in the top right corner and send out a tweet and then go back to watching. It was, let's not do that again, Detroit, uh, on a Monday, if, if we can avoid it. Um, you know holidays i get it but yeah yeah like I'm, I'm with ryan The later
1: start time always better but yeah martin luther king jr day yes um it was just the noon start i think someone brought up the the stat they said the last noon start was like years ago i didn't bother fact checking but i'll take that as truth no one would lie on the internet um next day they played the evening game so they had i think like a day plus 7 hours to to rest which isn't too bad actually and before the game started uh max actually messaged in our group chat with uh, us, Max and Prashanth and it was um, the lineups and I was like <laughs> loud blender noises I was like okay and then I took a look I went oh, oh <laughs> so the lineups to start the game looked like Nemesnikov Larkin, Zadina, Ryan Rasmussen, Mantha, Bertuzzi, Glendenning, Brome, Nielsen, Filippi Gagne, with Nemeth, Ronik, Stahl, Stetra, Meryl, de Merrill, DeKaiser I didn't hate that. No, uh, every line made sense to me. Uh,
2: almost. Um, Poor Sam Gagne. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Sam. Someone had to be left out. But yeah, you look at the top line, you got Zadina and Larkin together. That requires no explanation. And putting Nemesnikov there, he's a good complementary skill player. So he, he can absolutely keep up with them and facilitate the puck for those two guys. Look at the second line. Rasmussen, Mantha, Ryan. Big, skilled. No rocket science there. Um, and then the third line, Glendening with Brome and bertuzzi, that is a line that actually has some skill with Brome and bertuzzi and is going to piss everybody off so if you want, I know a few people rolled their eyes uh when they saw that line, and I'm sure they're rolling their eyes as I say oh yeah they're they're an agitating line, which is something I generally hate because you know you can't agitate your way to goals, but um there's there's skill on that line brome and uh, Bertuzzi can get the puck to the net. They can create offense. Yeah, Glenn Denning struggles at that, but you know, if you want a guy to go in, battle, win some face offs, get the puck out of the corner for the two skill guys, sure. And again, let's not forget, these are still the Detroit Red Wings. They're not exactly flooded with skill guys. So you do kind of have to plug in the Glenn Dennings of the world here and there. But again, I loved the concept of that line. And in reality, it actually looked like they played pretty well together. Uh, that fourth line on paper is abysmal. <laughs> So when I saw those lines, I'm like, okay, the top three lines are going to play 55 minutes of this game, and that line's going to play five. Now, of course, Blashill being Bash, Blashill being Blash Hill can't work out all of the kinks. And that fourth line got way more uh, give than they probably should have. But whatever, nitpicking. I don't understand the logic. But again, there's these are the hills I'm not willing to die on this year, as as stupid as it is, um, and. In theory, looking at him before the game, I think most people looked at it and went and goes, yeah, this makes sense. I could see this failing miserably, but I could see this working. And then in practice, yeah, it worked. I don't think the Red Wings generated any more offense than they did the day before. But again, I think that's just a talent limitation. Um. But yeah, it was. It's nice when you can throw three lines out there and not really have to worry about the matchup or the situation. You can you can just roll them. And I'm I'm not a matchup guy. I'm a guy who believes in just you know maximize your lineup regardless of who they put out there. Give your top line the most ice time. Your second line, yada yada, so on and so forth. And it worked. I'm not going to say they it was a revelation. And all of a sudden the Red Wings put up 40 shots and had a thousand high danger chances, but. It looked pretty good. I, his deployment of them was confusing at times, but yeah, I'm, I was, it worked.
1: As the game went on, Bertuzzi, Glenn, Denny, Bromey became more and more cohesive. And they, I, in my mind, they played the best hockey by the end of it. Oh, uh, that one shift they had with about three or four minutes left fantastic. was a master class in how to wear a team down in a cycle. And you know what? A lot of credit to Glenn Denning and Brome because Tyler bertuzzis a, he's a good player and he's a skilled player, but he's not Larkin, Mantha, Zadina level raw talent, right? Like, you need, you kind of do need the right fit to get the most out of him. And they've tried to play him down the lineup before and they just weren't getting the same results. And And it worked on that line. And it's the same thing as last year. And it's the same thing we've always said about Luke Lindening. Like this is a guy who is constantly asked to play up and do more than he realistically should based on the kind of player he is. And he always, he always answers the call. He always steps up. Um, and then Bromes just continued to be um, an impressive acquisition for literally no cost. He was a free agent from Europe. Um,
2: I do want to go out of my way though, to talk about one player specifically, given (laughs) that Robbie Fabry and Adam Ernie ended up on the COVID list, which we forgot to mention. Right. Um, which sucks obviously, but there was one beneficiary to that for sure. Michael Rasmussen. Yes. And again, I have made it a point every time Blasio does something I like, I'm going to point it out so people don't think I just blindly hate on the guy. He didn't do what he normally would do, which is throw like a Valtteri Filippola or a Luke Lindenning into the second line center spot to replace Fabry and then have Michael Rasmussen fill in on the fourth line. Michael Rasmussen played those two games at second line center. Now, That's a big ask because the first game he was playing with the Dean and the second game he was playing with Mantha and Bobby Ryan. That comes with expectations. So one would immediately think, ah, they're giving him good line mates. You should expect a lot from him. It is hard to play with good players. So he had a huge responsibility. And not only was he playing with them, he was centering them. So he had to carry the bulk of the defensive load while still trying to generate offense. Now, I'm not going to sit here and and blow smoke up anybody's ass and say Michael Rasmussen was a revelation at second line center. And we should never, ever take him out of that spot. He he didn't kick the door down. But you know what else he didn't do? He didn't look out of place. Now, he has his limitations. His playmaking ability leaves a lot to be desired. There was a lot of times he had an open look on a pass that he should have made that he just didn't see. And unfortunately, that's not really something you can do teach you can improve it but he's never going to be a master at it i still very much have doubts of him being a center he looks noticeably quicker this year i still don't think he's fast enough to be a second line center in the nhl but hey third line center seems more than reasonable now which i very much doubted before the season but it's only two games in a small sample size but watching Michael Rasmussen play on the cycle, watching his defensive play, watching his net front play, watching, he he had a couple fantastic steals as well with his reach. He's good at the things he's good at. Uh, And they're typically the things a guy who's six foot five, six foot six, six foot seven would be good at. And you tuck in a little bit of skill here. My, my hot take, I don't know how hot of a take it is after two games is I don't think Michael Rasmussen should, Rasmussen should come out of the lineup. He looked like he belonged again, not necessarily as a second line center, not as a guy who I'm expecting to score 20 goals this year. He he looked like a better forward than at least three or four other forwards who are getting a regular shift on this team. And again, Detroit Red Wing standard, but still, I'm not saying he's ever going to live up to this ninth overall pick, but he looks like an NHL player to me. And this is him. He didn't play in the NHL last year. And when he his rookie season in the NHL two years ago, he wasn't playing a lot. So again, this isn't uh, all new to him. All over again, so I would expect improvement over the next two to three years. So if he's looking capable now, dare I say, in a year or two, he might be good. So yeah, I I I hope we don't see Rasmussen on the taxi squad or Grand Rapids this season.
0: Yeah, to see where he's come from since i guess yeah two years ago it's night and day difference he looked like a lost lost puppy out there uh two years ago didn't really fit in was a step behind just wasn't up to the pro game and then the, these two games this year i've thought he's been i'll say excellent that's the the red wing um uh relativity there um yeah, I, I've liked his game for what he is. He's not gonna score forty goals. He's not probably not gonna score thirty goals, <laughs> but I, I thought he he looked excellent in the first two games that he's played, and I I think he deserves to stay in the the lineup.
1: So we have um, what was it called? The deep dish drop pass. Now Red Wings relativity. Evan's gonna coin <laughs> coining really poignant phrases on the show. <laughs> I
2: yes. can see the Red Wings Relativity t-shirt. It just says Red Wings Relativity with a frowny face below it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> More or less. Yes, our bar is a lot lower than everybody else's. Well, yeah. maybe, except for Chicago. but Yeah, Chicago's had part. a
2: great start. Thanks.
1: Yeah, I, I think you guys nailed it. And Brad, I'm happy you highlighted that it the whether or not he plays center isn't the be-all or end-all. Because, to be quite honest, he didn't inspire me at center. Like you said. No. He's not the answer at second line center. He might not even be the answer at third line center, but that's not really what you can be concerned about with Michael Rasmussen for him. Who's had kind of like a a clunky, you know, path to the NHL because of the stupid NHL, CHL exchange rules um, where he had to play a season when he like Evan said, he was a kid out there. He was not ready at all. And then it, it almost hindered his progress a little bit. The most important thing is getting the most out of this guy as a prospect. It doesn't matter who was drafted before him or after him. He is the guy the Red Wings picked. They spent a lot of capital on him, and they need to get the most they can out of him. And if it looks like he can be a competent player in the middle six, is that what you want from a top 10 pick? No. Is that what you would love to have, considering all the context uh, that you add in, since we've or the Red Wings have drafted Michael Rasmussen? Yeah, absolutely. And I dare say good is a nice hesitant way to approach what Michael Rasmussen might be if they continue to give him these opportunities, but not overload him in a way that they did in his uh, initial season with Detroit. So yeah, I, I think it was a good first couple of games. I hope he stays up. I, I think that's just what's best for him now. And um, Red Wings fans, I, I think would be right to not expect all, or not expect him to be some uh, magic bullet at center, but rather focus on how he can progress as a player.
2: Yeah, the one thing we need to focus on doing this year as Red Wings fans or analysts or whoever you are, we understand that if the Red Wings even are in a playoff conversation a month from now, that's a huge success. So we know where this season's going in all likelihood. Focus on the positives, not the negatives. And what I mean by that is when you're watching Rasmussen, I've seen a lot of people like dumping on him for looking off Manta on a play he should have passed it or, you know, cycling behind the net and missing a winger who was barreling through the slot at the right time and just didn't get him the puck. Focus on what he's good at. He was causing havoc in front of the net. He was excellent on the cycle. He was making things happen when it got into the dirty areas of the offensive zone. He was effective when the puck got near the front of the net. He got chances. Like, um, I know the one play Ryan referenced was all Zadina, but Rasmussen has to be going to those areas to get those chances. He got there. He made the play and it almost went in. Like Corpus Salo made a hell of a save. Um, Two of Bobby Ryan's four goals have come directly off of draws. Michael Rasmussen has won. So if you want to talk about pros as him as a center, there's two. Um, yeah. So again, he's, I, don't, I don't see top six ultimate upside here. I don't, again, I don't see him as a center, but he can be effective. Put him with line mates who will play well off his style and he'll thrive. Put him in front of the net on the power play and he'll thrive to what his new standard of thriving is. But yeah, it's it's good. And again, given that the AHL season is going to be just as wonky as the NHL, probably even more so, and it's already delayed start, so they're still not playing any meaningful games for another two, three weeks. I don't want him sitting on the taxi squad. I don't like what they're doing to Dennis Cholosky this year I already. I don't like... What they did to him thats last an evergreen year. comment. <laughs> no, it's true though. Like, if you weren't going to play him in Detroit, he should be—he should have been in Europe for the last three months. Now, for all we know, he made a—he deci- could have made a decision he didn't want to go. I don't care. But by the time Cholowski starts playing, it's going to be mid-February. Like, I don't—he's a guy who needs to play. And then you look at the Red Wings lineup and. You look at each of their positions, you look at Franz Nielsen getting shifts at forward, and you look at Mark Stahl getting shifts at defenseman, you can't tell me either of those guys should be in there over Rasmussen or Chalosky. Again, and I'm not sitting here and saying Rasmussen and Chalosky are kicking down the door, but we need to know who those guys are. I don't give a shit what happens to Franz Nielsen or Mark Stahl. I don't. None of you should either. They are good people. They've had good careers. They are not the future of the Red Wings. Cholosky and Rasmussen's development matters. Now, if the Red Wings are honestly sitting there and saying right now, we do not think Cholosky's game is at NHL level, which is probably exactly what a lot of you are thinking right now, and probably rightfully so, then the Red Wings already screwed up because, like I said, he should have been in Europe playing for the last three or four months. If you think he's NHL level, then yeah, there's no excuse for him to not be playing at least uh, every other game this year. The fact Mark Stahl's played four games, Cholosky's played zero isn't right. I'm curious. And Kristen juice is coming in, uh, this weekend, I believe. And that's only going to further push him down the depth chart. So now that Rasmussen's there, and now that Rasmussen's looked capable, good. Leave him there. If you want to kick him to the third line, maybe even the fourth line, fine, whatever, play him. Now it's make sure you don't do Make the
1: opposite mistake with Chalosky here. Uh, quickly here, uh other news for a uh, big man in that game anthony mantha scored his actual first goal of the season off the power play um it looked like he was trying his hardest to not score it my friend texted me that right after he shot that puck because he just shot it like as close to corpus Allo and as close to the o- opposite post as he could uh but he did bury the puck um and that was good to see uh the most important highlight from that play was it sounded like mickey redmond said that's the best uh that's the best fucking power play detroit's had all year but if you listen to it he said that's the best looking power play detroit's had all year so hate to be a buzzkill don't come at me with your facts i'm going to ignore them yeah you should substitute your own reality there thank you um you know not a a, an all-star level game for mantha but did look better and it was nice to see him get on the scoreboard he's looked better every
2: game he's still not where he was but he's he's on the right trajectory so i'm i'm taking it as a, a win for now um he definitely didn't look anywhere near as bad in the columbus games as he did in the carolina games so we gotta take that and bertuzzi Mm. he has
1: looked light years better these last two games oh yeah scored with his dick yeah just tip (laughs) (laughs) scored at his tip yeah he got the ot winner uh we're skipping bobby ryan's goal we'll get back to that but yeah larkin made a play 15 seconds into overtime and uh shot the puck bounced off corpus hit off um where's lickens it was Merz Lickens. Yeah, I knew I was getting it wrong. Uh, bounced off Merz and hit Tyler Bertuzzi, who was just crashing the net. It hit him, it hit him in the package and went in. And I uh, got a flood of the, just the tip pictures, which is amazing. Welcome. Um, still counts. Still counts. That was a fun game. Hearing Don't Stop Believing after the win made, gave me actual tingles. It made me almost cry because I missed the being in the crowd for that. Um, someday guys, someday. Um, even before that, speaking of winning hearts, Bobby Ryan, four goals in his first three games as a Red Wing, first player in franchise history to ever do that uh, with Detroit. This guy's already a favorite, and I am absolutely buying a Bobby Ryan jersey. Like 100%, I'm buying a Bobby Ryan jersey.
2: I'm going to wait till past the uh, deadline to. Uh... <laughs> oh, I don't care. <laughs> You have to ever, understand after once all the Bobby Ryan stats, like, oh, he's first in the NHL in goals. Oh, no, Ravings ever done this before. I got a flood of, oh, my God, we might get a first round pick for him at the deadline, which, yeah, maybe. I mean, trading is going to be exceptionally hard this year, so I'm not banking on any return for any players right now. But I mean, if Bobby Ryan's still doing this in April, I mean maybe we're talking about a one or a two year extension at that point. Let's not forget the Red Wings don't have a lot of contracts for next year. They need to keep some of these guys. And I'd much rather keep the Bobby Ryans and the John Merrills versus the Sam Gagnés and
1: the Mark Stahls. So <laughs> just I, for whatever that's worth to you guys. Yeah. Um, his goal when he chipped that in was like everyone lost their minds. So that was exciting. And if it's not a first they would be able to get something for him in my mind if he continues this. But yeah, like you said, it might not even be a, a season where they trade him. I, I still think Eisenman will see through the hype and act a little bit more pragmatically, but man. Oh, if, if teams are offering a first round pick for Bobby Ryan and they don't take it, I'm going to be
2: pissed. But if teams are like, yeah, because of the 14 day, yada, 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 I'll, it's like Tampa Bay offering a second round pick. I th- The Red Wings already have three second round picks. I think two more years of Bobby Ryan at a cheap contract would be more valuable than the 60, 60- second overall pick right now. Just where the Red Wings are. And specifically, before anybody comes hollering at me, they need players next year. Let's not forget that. There are 10 unrestricted free agents at the end of the season. Those guys have to be replaced either by prospects or re-sign some of them because we don't have 10 prospects ready to step into the lineup next year. And even if they were, you don't put
1: 10 rookies in the lineup at the same time. No, generally not. <clears throat> this amount of roster turnover was already kind of wonky. Like, it's almost half the roster. I was counting because I was, you know, sent out a tweet about not really caring that the lines were jumbled. And I was like, oh, my God. It's like it's over a third of the roster that's brand new, considering if you factor in, like, Rasmussen and everything. Yep. Um. Okay. Any other Red Wings news? Hey, the goaltending has been great for Detroit. There has only been one game under 900 so far. It's four games in, of course. But it was hey. – uh, we predicted something
2: would be good and it's actually coming true.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Which is exciting. So, um, Bert, sorry, Bertuzzi, um, Grice and Bernie have both done exactly what's needed of them so far, which has been, it's given Detroit the opportunity to stay in games later than they maybe even should have. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. Any other specific Red Wings players? Actually, Brad cover, uh, Donovan, Donovan Sobrango for us.
2: Okay, so um, one obvious unfortunate side effect of the pandemic amongst the billions of others is a lot of junior leagues haven't started up yet. One of them being the Ontario Hockey League, where Donovan Sabrango is supposed to be playing for the Kitchener Rangers, our Kitchener Rangers. Um, And he's over in Slovakia right now, had 50 penalty minutes in his first two games, which is remarkable because he's typically not that type of player, but (laughs) would love to see the game film from those two games. Anyways, the CHL has allowed an exception for CHL players to go play in the American Hockey League while waiting for the OHL or WHL to start. So the first Red Wings prospect this has affected has been Donovan Sabrango. He has signed an amateur tryout with the Grand Rapids Griffins, which is going to allow him to play with Grand Rapids up until the OHL season starts. So once the ohl season kicks underway uh donovan will be required to report back to kitchener but obviously given where he's at in his development that is best for him anyway he's a third round pick he's gonna need two more years in kitchener at at least and then probably a year in grand rapids but this is probably better for him than playing in the slovakian second league so at least we'll get to track one of the prospects relatively closely
0: Yes, I'd rather have them a prospect playing in what would more simulate the pro level like the NHL than somewhere maybe a little bit more s- all over the place like some of the European leagues. Um, so I think this is good for him. I-, I think this is exactly exactly where he should be given that the OHL is not running right now. Um, and it'll be a good good measuring stick for
2: him. And and there's really no poor outcome for him here because if he plays and does well, well, great. I don't have to explain why that's a good thing. But if he plays and gets caved, then he knows the next two years in Kitchener he's got a ton to work on and he's got a feel for what it's like when he has to permanently step up a level so he knows exactly what to prepare for. So again, depending how long he plays, it could be a week. It could be a month. It could be the rest of the season. Who knows? There's still a reality where the OHL gets out, uh, canceled <laughs> based on what Doug Ford's doing in Ontario. It's not going to get better here anytime soon. So um yeah, I mean, there's no real horrible outcome for him.
1: And uh, that's, you know, something to be optimistic about. Uh, All right, the Red Wings play how many times before the next time we're on here? Because we are back on Sunday. I only know they play Chicago Friday, I'm going to assume. Oh yeah, they play Chicago
2: Friday night and then they have an afternoon game against Chicago on Sunday.
1: Yeah, Sunday matinee at 12.30. So that is, we'll come to you after the next little series here. This could actually
2: be an important little mini series. Um, It sounds dumb to say given how bad Chicago is, but we just saw the Red Wings hold water with two decent like carolina is probably an upper tier team in this division and columbus isn't far behind and they they held water so if detroit goes in and and they lose to chicago or they don't look obviously like the better team at after those first four games i'd consider that disappointing i know we had them finishing out of chicago but a majority of the world didn't so there's every excuse to come in and not be better than chicago but based on the first four games yeah I think the Red Wings should be favored in both these games. So again, I, I I'm hoping to see some, I'm not going to say dominant because I don't see expect to see the Red Wings be dominant at any point this year, but I'm hoping to come out of these two games and and definitively say, yeah, the Red Wings are a better team right now.
1: Yeah. So goals against, uh, Chicago so far, five, 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 and five. So Chicago's <laughs> averaging five goals against, uh, per day or per game, almost per day, actually. um, for detroit for detroit players looking to get on the scoreboard a bit more you know if zadina wants to put one in if mantha wants to score a bit more if if larkin wants to continue his hot streak if bobby ryan wants to put up seven more goals or something uh you capitalize on a team that's allowing your team to pump five goals on them a night um two opportunities to do that and they're not back-to-backs it's friday and then a sunday afternoon so um this is a good chance for Detroit to, like Brad said, build a little bit of a buffer so you're not the decided worst team in the division um, and capitalize on these chances to to not pad the stats, but get your season going.
2: Yeah, I mean, Detroit hasn't looked great offensively at really any point in these four games, uh, better games than others, but I think we can say that's probably been their weakest point overall. Um not counting empty netters. They haven't scored more than three goals in a game. Like Ryan said, the Hawks have given up 20 goals in four games. The Red Wings should score a bit more in those two. I would hope I not that it's still an NHL caliber team. So you don't expect to go in and have them give up five over and over again. But I hope at least one of the games to get more than three will be fun.
1: Yeah. It's funny because, uh, as the, as the rebuild dragged on the poor Red Wings social media team, uh, was taking a lot of heat for those keys to the game, which, like, that's not their fault. But they eventually leaned into it, and their keys to the game were like, have fun, make passes, shoot lots. (laughs) And our genuine analysis here for our keys to the game against Chicago is score lots of
2: goals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, because I I expect that the defense is going to have troubles because the Chicago Blackhawks have something the Detroit Red Wings don't. They have a Patrick Kane. And no matter how confident I am in our defense, do you know what's going to give any NHL defense some trouble? A Patrick Kane. So I'm as good as the defense and goaltending have played. I really want to see a seven, six game in one of these two. I just want to
1: see an absolute track mate for the hell of it, but uh, not holding my breath for that one. Uh, Other news around the league. Just before we started recording, Washington got hit with a $100,000 fine for breaking COVID protocol um it's the first such team find that we've seen so far this year uh Frege reported that no other teams were under investigation for this so this seems to be an incident that came to light and the nhl acted swiftly maybe swiftly and uh hundred grand for billionaire owners or whatever not a lot sure but for a business that's not making not nearly as much money as you think as they typically would around this time of year uh it's not nothing so pretty big uh, hit to the caps yeah
2: and from what we've been able to piece together from what the the statement ovechkin made and the players who were subsequently put on the covid reserve list um ovechkin kuznetsov orlov and samsonov bit of a theme there um it yeah, sounds all
1: pisces actually all these yeah. guys are pisces
2: <laughs> it, it literally just sounds like the protocol they broke is all four of them were hanging out in a hotel room without a mask again that's not been confirmed that's just kind of piecing the corners of the story together again this news broke not even two hours ago um from when we're talking right now but it's it it seems kind of silly because i mean they're on the same bench together without mass but at the same time it's it's a very good sign because something so minute or, or mini school is being come down upon so heavy by the nhl is a good sign it means the nhl's not screwing around this is the exact opposite of whatever you want to call the nfl's concussion protocol don't know why that's on my mind right now but anyways
1: it's it's a good sign (laughs) (laughs) you thought you had an easy path you son of a bitch (laughs) so i saw a tweet that that
2: made me almost literally do a spit take because it was so bad but so funny someone (laughs) said the nfl's concussion protocol would have put jfk back into the parade no okay <laughs> no. jesus christ
1: it's so bad <laughs> oh we should move on
0: <laughs> too soon man too soon we should move on <laughs>
1: um all right midweek episode you know what I kept you guys up uh, later because I couldn't figure out how to use headphones apparently today. So uh, let's move us along to overtime here. Uh, overtime on midweek episodes is brought to you exclusively by our Patreon supporters. Um, they're the ones who uh, keep Evan alive. Uh, all of the support actually goes into uh, paying Evan his allowance. Uh, Evan bullies us. He literally pins us up against walls and slaps us in the face and calls us both Brad as an insult. So
0: <laughs> all of this is true.
1: Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, our first patron take, we're going to take a question from is David McKinstry. Says, not a question. Just wanted to pop in and remind everyone that Babcock is human garbage. Let's go, Red Wings. Oh, I forgot about that article. I hate so much that Babcock's getting a redemption arc
2: already. I don't know if he should ever get one. But Christ, it's
1: been a year, guys. Look, like th- this is my cynics view on it. There was no world where Mike Babcock wasn't going to be welcomed back into the hockey community. I am a firm believer that people should be afforded an opportunity to better themselves and move past mistakes that they've made if they show contrition, if they show learning, and if they show growth. And I'm not saying they have to you know, show that or, or serve that to the public on a platter every time. Not everything needs to be a public matter, but... You're working in a public sphere. You this crossover from team to team to team. There's multiple different accounts, and if you want to come into a commentator role with NBC, I'm not going to say you can't because look who they've employed before with Milbury for a while. Um, I don't know the piece with the, the piece with LeBron. Look. I understand the nature, what the purpose of it was. I'm not going to sit here and tee off on LeBron. I thought it was, it was a parachute piece. It was, it was purely meant to rehabilitate Babcock's image, like you said, Brad. It's a redemption tour. But then he got to the question about Johann Franzen, who he verbally abused, and his answer was basically how hurt it made him feel. And then uh, there was a little interjection there in the middle of all of that that wasn't a Babcock quote that talked about how you know Babcock worked on mental health initiatives and tweeted bell let's talk before like yes I'm being an asshole about that but still like Babcock talked about how shocking it was to hear that and how much it hurt him to know that that happened, never took full responsibility, never called it an outright lie, dodged it and made it about himself. I'm sorry. It's a bullshit apology. I don't buy it. Yes, Babcock's going to be back in hockey. Yes, we're going to have to swallow that. I don't have to like it. For everyone who says give the guy a second chance, it doesn't matter what I say. He's being given one regardless, so I can call that bullshit.
2: Yeah, and he he even talked specifically. He said he reached out to Marner about the wrong... Uh, the the thing he did that pissed off Marner. And then he said he reached out to Franzen to try and make amends and Franzen didn't respond and that hurt him. Was to that which what my- he said? That yeah. he didn't respond? I thought he just skirted around it. No, he he said that, uh, I think it, I'm 99% sure it said that Franzen never responded to him. To which my immediate reaction was, why the fuck should he? You made his life miserable for years. Like, and now Franzen is in a fragile mental state, dealing with concussions and all the side effects, including depression, that come along with that. The last fucking person on the planet I would want to talk to if I was Johan Franzen is Mike Babcock. He's got his own shit to deal with, Mike, and I don't give a crap that you're trying to reach out to them, whether it's for good intentions or not. Read the room, Mike. He should never, ever talk to you again. Because God knows if this triggers a depressive episode for Johann now and all of this crap, I don't care. I'm a and I'm I'm saying this all as a big believer in second chances. Everybody deserves a second chance. I I will swear on that. But a give it time and b some wounds can't be mended and some apologies make the situation worse.
1: The the quote here is. Um now I've reached out to Franzin. That's not going to make anything go away, and there's nothing beyond that regarding any kind of conversation. So we don't know whether Franzin didn't reply. We don't know whether Franzin just called him out and said, "Hey, piss off! You're not being forgiven." We don't know whether Franzin forgave him. We don't know, but uh, I can do. We can we can draw some conclusions here based on the way Babcock danced around this one. He answered everything else more directly than this. Anyways, think what you want. If you think we're assholes, it doesn't matter. Babcock's going to be back. the The hockey community can't can't help themselves with this kind of. Crap it is what it is anyways thank you david sorry for hijacking your question <laughs> manitoban we, we, we do that yes manitoban machine never break love that name says would have been like six two of helm played and no not for columbus also blash has definitely done enough so far for me to say he deserves a one-year extension what sold me was seeing him give glendening an offensive zone draw with two minutes left in a tie game and then 30 seconds later giving larkin a defensive zone draw this is the man you want to see at the helm if you want shane Wright on your team <laughs> Uh, matt keeler uh longer comment here he says ryan good stall bad matt spot on with all your points there i appreciate you um uh, detailing that 100 accurate uh cody stark says i asked for the Nemesnikov larkin zadina line in one of max's athletic articles a couple weeks ago so give me a freaking medal hey the wings have two solid goalies how neat is that it's four games but it's exceptionally neat uh alan snyder says brad i'm watching the game and thinking to myself why the hell is our fourth line out there after a tv timeout and why can we <laughs> never get a shot from the point maybe let's try something else sure that i'm not the only person to see this i google your twitter and there you are you beauty what is Blashill doing so a lot of people kind of get on me because i harp on that
2: a lot there's literally no excuse to do that i don't care you guys can defend Blashill all you want or or try to downplay it and yeah it's not the biggest deal in the world but how does this keep happening? It's an offensive zone draw when your entire bench is rested. You should be throwing out your top one of your top two offensive lines every single time in that scenario. Every time. I don't give a shit if the other team throws its fourth line out there and you're playing a matchup. Cool. Let your first line go cave their fourth fourth line. God, I've liked a lot of what Blash Hill has done this year, but. Oh, this one's starting to wear on me already, and it's only been four games. Uh, Michael
1: Barry says, let's talk politics. In honor of Brad getting a new stick, CCM or Bauer, you could always go third party with Warrior. Anyways, hope you guys are having a good day and got to watch the game on Monday afternoon
2: okay i'm I'm gonna get i'm gonna get into it sorry this is this is a question after my own heart uh stick i tend to lean ccm i'm giving bauer a shot here so circle back to six months for my opinion on that helmet ccm skates ccm gloves bauer pants ccm shoulder pads and elbow pads bauer
1: uh and shin cards bauer you know what i've had i've had some good ccm sticks although i still think i'd lean bauer for sticks
2: they have their pros and cons. I can get into the minutiae of it, which I'm sure nobody cares about. So, if anybody ever wants to ask me that question outside of the podcast, I will take all the time in the world to answer it. But yeah, I have I have detailed thoughts on the sticks from both companies and what they do. <laughs> Patreon exclusive episode: Brad talks equipment. Uh, you literally, t- you two could literally not show up, and I would go for an hour. You think I'm joking.
1: Neil. <laughs> Neil.
2: <laughs> Evan's just signing a contract right now. Boom. You said it.
1: You can't take it back. Like,
2: at Evan's level of nerdism
1: with his golf clubs, I am just as bad with my hockey equipment. Uh, former defenseman Ryan Hannes, says Mike Babcock deserves to be launched into the sun with a Trebucket. That is all. Uh <laughs> Jake Kiefer says hypothetically, if the Wings got to play all their remaining games with a five-four advantage during the entire third period, would they make the playoffs? If so, cup contender. Yeah, they'd probably get it off the loser points because, um, sorry, five v four advantage, like the power play. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you'd have to. There's no way. Um, Michael Thompson says never would have projected that Bobby Ryan would be contributing more to my fantasy team than Connor McDavid so I think Stevie needs to get in touch with Holland as we might be able to do a one for one sure we might be selling low but I think it'll work out for us (laughs) Rass at center hasn't been a total dumpster fire Uh, I think we're all on board that it was a terrible pick and he'll never live up to the draft spot but it's not his fault and I think his skating improvements bode well for still being a good to decent player in the future get pucks deep, Furk back checking and don't be a weasel Uh, A.J. Voss says, "Firk Mike Babcock, his interview with LeBron was just him deflecting or trying to rewrite things. When the Franzen incident came up, all he talked about was how hurt he was to uh, hear him called a bully without even addressing what he did to Franzen. Like he didn't deny or confirm it, just went straight to his quote hurt me. He clearly learned nothing and is just trying to distract from what happened to get us to forget. May he never coach again. Uh, He'll be coaching
2: by this time next year. I'll bet money on it.
1: Yeah. Uh, The Caminator says, anyone else notice that the terrible Little Caesars... Uh, around the glass the first three games different sizes now they changed them all to be the same size so that's a win also larkin switched back to black tape never would have realized that before this podcast <laughs> yes larkin uh we're not gonna
2: i'm not gonna talk about
1: it it's um fine. it's fine <laughs> yeah I, they were figuring out the ads as they went i, I know there was some like there's rules that changed with the ads last second so i don't blame things for being a little janky at the that superimposed ads on the ice like were jumping around in the first game and i was like scared the hell out of me actually i thought they were painted on i was like what happened (laughs) uh just on an aside
2: since we're talking about stick tape and the level of dumb shit that i noticed there's another player in the league who who tweaked their tape job and now has three goals in three games andreas Athanasiou. yeah i am happy to see him doing well after all the crap he took from everybody last year i want this guy to pop off for 30 this year
1: uh the actual terry with a very fair criticism here says look how close-minded these hockey guys are don't even realize that it was martin luther king jr day on monday uh in the states where over 75 percent of the teams are based both teams in one day's game were of course being american teams not a real surprise or oddity that game was a matinee
2: i mean once i saw it was a matinee i figured out after why but yeah we're canadian we don't
1: know the american holidays off the top of our heads i usually do it's just it was the noon that got me it was like noon, anyways we were stupid and wrong sorry ben ingraham says it's fun watching bobby ryan he looks like he enjoys being out there i feel like the team had more fight this year um more fight this year also ipa stout lager or a nice bourbon barrel aged beer to celebrate a wings victory thanks for all you do pucks deep boys i'm gonna big those- lager kick right now
2: yeah out of those options i would also go with a lager
0: i'll take a stout it's cold and miserable
2: yeah yeah um, stout, stouts
1: have to be good though. They are very, e- they are very easy to screw up royally. I will say I agree with Brad. I'm the, mo- I'm not very particular about beers. I'll drink pretty much anything. Um, any like chocolate milk stout or like chocolate mm. stouts. I just, they don't do it for me. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vincent Saladino says, Hey guys, it makes me really happy to see Bobby Ryan doing a good job to start the season after everything he's been through. How many goals do you think he'll get based off of his start? Also, on a different note, why is Stahl in the lineup? I feel like Cholosky could do a better job. Have a good day and keep up the good work, gentlemen. Let me address Stahl first. Mark Stahl is playing for two reasons. First, like we've mentioned before, um, for him to waive his no-trade clause, Eisenman had to promise him an impactful amount of playing time on his team. Is that a nothingness to give away? No, of course Players like Cholosky are behind him. Other players who are younger and better right now are stuck behind Stahl, who's often a liability on the ice. But Eisman sees the season for what it is, and he knows that one defenseman's worth of ice time isn't going to make or break the Red Wings. And if that's the price he has to pay to get a second round pick, second round pick's a really good asset. So he's going to pay it for at least the start of the season. Secondly, he's sheltering players. Stahl will eat minutes, not very well, but he'll eat minutes. He'll play them and at some point someone's going to go down with an injury or the COVID list or whatever it is maybe even stall it's not going to be permanent but stall is going to get more ice time than you're comfortable with and every time that happens just remember second round pick
2: how many goals for bobby ryan um i did the math quickly he is currently on pace for 73 so i'm going with that (laughs) uh i'll 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 be a little bit more realistic here i'll say 55 and 56 (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> he's gonna go goal per game pays. he can
2: only he's only playing 55 games he already missed a game
1: oh uh, yeah so yeah he is goal per game pace on 55 me and evan we agree uh evan beckner says what's a guy I gotta do to get some captain spanks around here asking for a friend oh yeah larkin slapping the shit out of bertuzzi's butt with his stick <laughs> after the game winner That bertuzzi skated away he was like grabbing his ass he's like oh <laughs> did you see
2: it oh yeah oh yeah he- that's that's not a very uncommon hockey thing, though, if you actually pay attention. No, he torqued it. Like oh, he he was, was, yeah. That level of aggressiveness is a little unusual, but <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, I, I want to see this team having fun this year. Morale, like we were miserable watching it last year, and I'm sure they were miserable playing it. So just seeing stuff like that is a good sign.
1: Uh Brad is the dad from Inside Out says, suppose white and black tape are now not allowed by the NHL rules. Please choose what colors five players of your choice will tape on their sticks. Brad, one of your choices has to be Elite First Liner Darren Helm. So I'm just picking the color of
2: tape for them. Yeah. Well, if I can't do white or black, anything with the design is out. Unless In- it's rain unless it's rainbow tape.
1: Actually, yeah, there. Screw There's my answer, rainbow tape uh larkin with red tape bertuzzi with lime green tape mantha with pink tape darren helm with um tape with uh design on it that says f and first liner and bobby ryan with um i don't know rainbow did you did you blow your shoulder out reaching for that helm joke yes (laughs) (laughs) yes uh i also did a a workout for the first time in a long time and i blew both shoulders out that way so thank you for noticing yeah
2: same it's um,
1: i hurt today (laughs) uh lars the prophet of the towering behemoth says greetings again from scarplinge in the municipality of tirp in Uppsala county sweden hey lars piss off man (laughs) none of those were real things and you can't convince me otherwise there, now that you yet again butchered some prominent, not really Swedish names, time for another round of pick a retro player in his prime to insert into the Red Wings. Richard uh, Schmellick, Alexi, Alexi, Alexi Zitnik, I believe. Zit, is. Zitnik. Zit, I always thought it was Zitnik. Zitnik. Uh, Callie Johansson and Brett Hedekin, who do you pick? Oh, this one's easy. Zitnik. It's Zitnik for sure, right? Yeah. That percent. was, yeah. P.S. Bobby Ryan has some fire back in him, right? Stanley Cup 2021. Set those expectations low. Uh, Bobby Ryan Hannah. Hey, I didn't even steal. Uh, 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 Roman and I both thought of the same thing. Says, good day, dud-duds. The wings are not heaps bad so far, but if you all cast your mind back to the beginning of the 2019-2020 season, you may remember that feeling of euphoric false hope. With the oh, dark I remember. <laughs> With the dark birds on the schedule next, we will either continue uh, in this vein or be crushed by despair. Am I right? It's one or the other.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah i'm uh, i no doubt about it i'm ready to be hurt again
1: uh quick trade value check mantha steady remember remembered how to do goals ryan trade value up rocket richard candidate bertuzzi up doesn't even need a stick to do goals well i mean he uses a stick ah <laughs> got him uh rasmussen up somehow his mess of a stint in austria helped anyone i missed uh luke glendening best center on the red wings the last game <laughs> uh jersey time and i know this is uncomfortable but top three dark birds jerseys of all time
2: Ooh, i don't think there's a reality here where we don't put their current home and aways in there those jerseys are as good as it gets around the nhl um thoughts on the logo aside so basically i'm just picking a third here i love their black jerseys they don't really have that many bad iterations they're early 90s quasi barber poles were pretty good their outdoor ones i forget which game where they had the white stripe in the middle was good they're just straight up black versions of their current jerseys are good i'm gonna go with the black I, this is the boring answer but i'm just going with their black white and reds
1: <laughs> yeah i i genuinely think that's it maybe you can substitute their uh their whites for the 2015 winter classic whites which are essentially identical I actually, their whites are actually my favorite iteration of their jersey. They, yeah, they have a lot of good ones. I don't love their like, their striped ones. I don't think they do the stripes as well. I think it's probably just in comparison to the regular jerseys. Um, Okay, what else do we have here? Uh, Bonus jersey time. How much better do the snow wave team look with blue pants? Oh, I love that the avalanche leaned into the blue. I okay.
2: So when I first saw it, it, their first game was a home game, and it looked pretty good with their home kit and I wasn't sure at the time if I liked it better than their black gear and then I saw it with their road jerseys they a million percent need to go back to their black gear The it looks horrible with their white
1: jerseys uh, when you've paid off your student loans and Mama Hannah is pestering you to go to doctor school during a pandemic of all times hide yourself in the invisibility cloak that is a stay fresh cheese bag stay fresh cheese bags a Fournier company and hide and seek champions choice <laughs> Uh, the Actual Terry says, P.S. I've been absent for most of the pandemic, but don't think for a moment that I didn't catch the episode with the tree bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Nods says, "Next, uh, new game, who is the next Red Wing to win each major trophy? You have to use current Red Wings or prospects with the addition of saying future draftee once. <sighs> Norris Sider. Calder, yep. Si- uh, Calder Raymond.
2: Yep. Um art, art Ross, I'm gonna go Raymond.
1: Hart Larkin. Yeah, Rocket S- Richard, Mantha. Selkie Larkin. Con Smythe, future drafty Shane Wright. We'll go with that. Uh, uh Vezina, Keith Petrozelli. I was actually gonna pick that for the hell of it.
0: Thomas uh, Grice, he's winning it this year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what uh, what
1: awards have we? Uh Jack Adams. Gerard Glant. <laughs> Dan Bilesma. Hell yeah.
2: I think it's more likely than Blaschel. Um,
1: GM of the year. I don't know. Mm. Tough one. Yeah. Uh, can you give us an update on players in Sweden? Is it time to be excited for Berger and still being a point per game yes. player in 31 games into the season? Thanks.
2: Yes, this is no longer a small
1: sample size. Dude is hashtag good. Yeah. I don't think it will be years before we see him.
2: Yeah, uh, nobody in Sweden who we've been tracking closely has really rocketed up from where they were, but they've also not trailed off from where they were. Lucas Raymond's looked just as good as he did at the start of the season. Soderbloom is still looking good.
1: Um, Villano's, I think Volano yeah, picked it up a little bit. actually gotten better. Not yeah. like
2: leaps and bounds better, but he's he's gotten better. Again, he he gets it eventually. He's just that guy. Um, so yeah, the, the SHL report is still good actually you know what no ciders continuing on the upwards trajectory he is a killing machine who's actually good at the hockey
1: yeah cider gets better every game it's kind of freaky like I genuinely before I was like let's not expect too much from when he plays in Detroit I cannot wait for him to get his games in Detroit this year if he I hope ho- unless uh, Rogla goes far enough into the season where he's not able to but I digress.
2: I I love that video that Ice Hockey Gifts put out of it was one shift where Cider blew
1: up four guys. He murdered people on the ice. Four guys, one shift. Can you imagine how pissed off the SHL is? When, like, cider came into the league, they're like, come on! We don't hit in this league, especially not like this. <laughs> this kid is out here just destroying full-grown men, fathers of three, <laughs> knocking them over with one hand on the ice.
2: I've said it before, so again, Moritz cider is a literal tank made of metal designed to fight in wars. And, uh, he
1: does, uh, some hockey stuff, too. Um do just your average teach says is it a coincidence that Stahl and Franz are inverse numbers of each other and happen to be the worst two on our team uh <laughs> also ryan have fun with dan campbell as your coach had him in miami hope he does better for you guys man i didn't have a lot of hope i love the defensive coordinator they uh, hire they had the offensive coordinator rumors um that looks exciting the head coach i don't know i have no hope i don't know much about dan campbell Whatever I read up on him wasn't inspiring at best. If he does great, I would love to be shocked. Do I think I'll be shocked? No.
2: Thank you for not taking Brian Dable. Brad, it's the Lions. We would have just ruined them. Fair. And I'm I'm really enjoying him as the OC in Buffalo.
1: Uh, Hassam Al-Khassam says, make the Detroit deep dish drop past shirts, hurry and take my money. Yeah, we honestly really have to. Um, let do it. A couple things in the works, but maybe we'll get to that next. Stay fresh, cheese bags of Fortney Company says. Hey there, fellows. Breathe in that beautiful fresh air. Feels good, doesn't it? What a time to be alive! It's a new day with a fresh set of possibilities on the horizon. Remember how you feel today. Obviously, discussing Bobby Ryan here, uh, and that seems to be the last comment. So thank you all uh, for tuning in. We're going to wrap up this episode. We will be back on Sunday. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy the two games against the Blackhawks. And if you want to get uh, coverage of that game as it's happening at winged wheel pod on Twitter and if you go into the bio you can find our personal accounts we tweet incessantly uh, Evan logs on Twitter once every few days which is good um, that is incessantly from- by his standards to be yeah. yes that is often Evans tweet per follower ratio is actually better than uh, the brand new White House administration that went up millions of followers today with their new accounts Evans is actually better uh, if you factor in how many tweets he actually puts out so uh, great follow. Evan Lovesinger, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Our uh, name level sponsors, we want to recognize them on Patreon. That is Arjun Shanker, Brett Bailey, Taylor Taggle, uh, Kyle, Ryan Hubbard, R.A., the Detroit Deep Dish Drop Pass, Zach Spring, Citizen High Five, Cody Stark, Greach, Jeremiah Adobo, Jake Kiefer, Tyrone Bigum, Brand Big Old Bag of Dildos. <laughs> that took a turn <laughs> andrew bohan scott martin jacob turner matt mckay craig kibble brandon m matthew m rice luke johnson kaylin wood Hassam al hanali eve bartell on behalf of the sarah grand foundation sam bankson bankson zach van who's a brand new name level sponsor zach welcome josh yelton trevor pevavar evans bingo card ashley van konant beer guy connor Leighton. Danny Jr., Matt Keeler, Stay Fresh Cheese Bags, Afornia Company, Antonio Gracias, John Evans, Joseph Minema, Quaz, Stan Olson. Thank you all so much. Talk to you Sunday.